down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. At the year of our Lord, or whatever Lord you may praise, the corn in this case, 2024, first episode of this year, and I'm joined by the most bloodthirsty of mad lads himself, Anthony Vanella. Hello, mate. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. We're bringing in the new year in style. Um, welcome to Art of War Done on episode 178. I love that there's an at least one eight in this number. Um, we got <laughs> we're doing the world eaters. It is. We're doing the World Eaters Index Review. Now, some of you may say, but Adam, the indexes have been out forever. But still, there is still a lot to be learned. And even though we are reviewing rules that have been out for some time, we're talking about them at the moment in the current metagame as they have evolved, et cetera, et cetera. There's still quite a few I need to do. I haven't done Elder. I haven't not done Chaos Space Marines. I haven't done a bunch of them. Mostly I'm holding off on those to wait to see the next balanced data slate. But we thought World Eaters was a pretty good pick to chuck in here. Plus, a lot of my patrons requested uh, this pairing as in need to get... Um, Anthony Vanell, or Tony V, as we sometimes call him. Don't call him Tony V, he will choke you out. Uh, <laughs> and get him on for his favorite, favorite Thirsty Boys. Now, this is a two-part podcast, of course, as always, ad nauseum. You can jump over to Art of World Down Under over on Patreon and get that part two, where Anthony and I will be answering patron questions and talking about world leaders, how they're matching up into the medic game as it's unfolding right now, trips and tricks into and against and wielding uh, the mad lads of corn. But my dude, you have plenty of things that you can plug, and I need to give you the opportunity. Oh man! So there's I'm doing so many things these days, Adam. Uh, I am a proud member of StatCheck. Um, if you don't know what StatCheck is, we keep an eye on you know the win rates of various armies, and we have a dashboard on our lovely website, which is stat stat-check.com. Um, check out there. There's you know you can see all sorts of things from player elo rankings to how armies are doing relative to each other even. Uh, you can see how armies are doing even across player experience levels, which is one of the cooler features that Cliff and the boys mm-hmm. have been working out. Um, that's, that's one I don't see like people talk about enough. I always thought that, that was really cool that you can see like, you know, across experience levels, like, you know, is this army yes. good or is it good against playing newer players? <laughs> um, Correct. For the first time in a long time, we're able to track, I mean, well, you guys have been able to track how well you will do if you decide to pick up an X faction on the fly. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, and how how good you can get with it if you stick with it, you know, against, you know, just picking up the next hotness and then you falling on your face and blaming the universe. Yeah, you can look at, like, what the progression of a player across, like, newbie, more veteran, and so on, like, as they go through the skill band on the faction, or the experience band, I should say. There's no, you know, there's no way to ca- calculate skill outside of yeah. the well, but experience at least. Yeah, it's really exciting. The innovations you guys have done uh, in that realm have been absolutely stellar. Really, really proud of what you guys have been able to do. And I'm a, I'm a proud patron. I'm a proud member of Stats Check. Right. So, you know, get, get on Adam, there. It's, it's good Adam and I have been uh, early patrons of each other's things from, <laughs> from the early days. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we just like here's your five dollars every month, Anthony. Yeah. It's like thank you, Adam. Here's the, here's it straight back at you. It's mutual. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been a uh, been an art award down under patron since literally episode one. So, fair dude, it warms all the cockles <laughs> of my many hearts. Um, but we are here to talk about your favorite guys, your favorite lads. Oh, sorry, tell us about you got any Team USA stuff you wanna. Uh, nothing too crazy going right now. We do have our first uh, thing that we're doing as a team, which is pretty cool. Uh, we're going to um, the Pirate Cup in February with a roster that is actually mostly uh, new players and then myself. Um, 
when I say new players, I need to like clear the point of like they're new to the current structure of Team USA. It is not a roster of like relatively new players. Well, it's like so, Ganyo and Nanavati and stuff. Yeah, so I'll just give them the quick shout out because it is really cool to be selected for this. It's the first representation of the 2024, you know, Team USA, right? Um, so it is Brian Seip, Ben Jurek, Quentin Johnson, myself, Zach Kirstetter, Andrew Ganyo, Nick Nanavati, and Michael Mann. Um, I just love that, like, new members, Nick Nardavati and Ganyu having won championships Ganyu, for yeah, a former captain. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when Ryan's been to the WTC twice, Quentin nearly won the War Masters last year. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're new in the relative sense. Just, I want to call, you guys just got to call Ganyu old greenhorns. Like, just, well, just he's green, him, green behind the ears, mate. Just We no. give him a lot of shit for being old. It's a thing that Fantastic. We call him Fantastic. old very regularly. Uh, Beautiful one of the, uh, like, funny bits of Team USA this year is that we've actually picked up a, like, a health and fitness coach to try to have us going into the event a little bit better uh, in oh, terms wow. of fighting shape. Um, and that's been really good for getting everybody in shape. But, I like, you know, Ganyo obviously is in pretty good shape because he lost all that weight through COVID. Uh, and he... Uh, Came in swinging with fitness challenges and stuff for people. So Amazing. on top of it, it's been fun. That's watching the uh, that's old man heckle us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let us get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. We're going to be reading through and discussing the World Eaters Index from as high a level as we can. This is the Man Reads Book episodes that you guys know and all love. And we are going to be starting off as always right at the top with the Army Rule. But my man, you. Didn't pick up. You weren't. You weren't playing World Eaters initially when they first. You know when the when the edition first dropped. But you did pick them up after the balanced data slate change. Uh, do you want to quickly, uh, in as concise a way as possible, give us what changed there that gave gave you the impetus to want to get into this faction? Yeah. So there was a couple things that were pretty important for World Eaters that changed um, outside of themselves, right? So one of the big things was that um, custodians at the time when the edition first dropped were doing. A pretty rough job stifling melee army's ability Correct. to do yeah. really anything. Um, the changes to fight first is, like, in my opinion, one of the largest like balance flubs they've had in the edition. But mm. we'll see how things change over time. Uh, I haven't really interacted with custodies much, honestly, as world leaders. I've played them exactly once since I, you know, I've gone on this like long path yeah. with world leaders. Um, but. That was like one of the big things was custodies getting hit. The other thing was that um, World Leaders launched in 10th edition like they had Eldar stats, and they certainly did not. <laughs> um, mm. And once that changed to them coming back within what seemed like a relatively more normal band, I was willing to give them a shot. Once I gave them a shot, I was like, oh, hey, the damage is a little bit higher than I expected it to be. You know, they are, they are just blindingly fast. Um, mm. That combination of factors with like a bit of list tuning from what I thought was going to be good. And accepting that I was going to have to use anger on this edition um, meant that it was like it was go time. Uh, it was time to get the boys back out and give it a give it a spin. Fantastic. So it, it was yeah. It's it's not too hard to say that first impressions of the index at army at you know at tenth edition release was I was pretty I was pretty impressed with the rules, but not the application on the tabletop. Like I, I look I looked at the rules, I looked at the units. Like yeah, there's some exciting stuff here. And then like I just felt like okay, this is an army that exclusively operates in the melee phase and the charge phase, and that is not a good place to be. You know, in the pure index version of tenth edition that we got, yeah. it was just the wrong place to be. Yeah, like um, stepping your exalted eight bound unit out and then getting literally rinsed by a wraith knight passing wraith two knight. two hits is yep. like okay, yep. cool, sick, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that, it, it was an exciting army operating in the wrong phase. Is pretty much yeah. where it was at. Now, this is probably the pressure list of the of the of the meta game at the moment. 
Yeah, maybe would, maybe canoptic courts uh, getting somewhere near that different but, um, pressure, right? Canoptic yeah. court like suffers your primary and like the really doesn't Smothered. go away. Yeah, um, whereas smart. world leaders like blast you off the objectives. They're just like, "Hello, you were on this objective. Now yeah. you're not." <laughs> You, you are now a pink mist. But anyway, yeah. let us jump into the army rule. This is the Blessings of Corn. If your army faction is world leaders at the start of the battle round, you can make a Blessings of Corn roll. To do so, roll 8d6s, and then you can use those dice to activate various abilities. You activate them by using the doubles that you roll, so you want a certain amount of doubles to activate each one of these. Some of these you know, need any doubles, some of these need, these, uh, need a triple of a certain number, and some need a certain number of doubles or higher to activate them. And so, for example, I, and they've even given you one here, I roll eight D6s, and I've got two fours, and I'll use that to activate one ability, and I've got three sixes, I'll use that to activate another ability. You can only have two of these active at a time, and the list starts as thus. First one is Rage, Fueled, Invigoration, which keys off any double roll. So if you roll double ones, you can pop this off, double twos, double anything. And it's add two to the move characteristics of models in this unit. Now, this is pretty much, you just slap these down, and they affect your whole army, yeah? Yep. Yeah. So any of these buffs apply to any unit with the, excuse me, the blessings of corn army rule, which is like anything that you'll have. Notably, it does not apply to allies, which is why, um, yep. much like in ninth, this is actually like a bit of a bleed over from ninth. Is that when you construct world leaders lists? I, for me personally, because these buffs are so strong, I write them with no allies, um, which is a giant boon in teams. Um, but in general, I try not to include allies because so much of the like resource game you're playing with world leaders is managing these buffs and making sure that they're mm -hmm. relevant army-wide each turn and yep. they don't affect allies just at all so <laughs> that's yep. a thing to keep in mind easy done what's the what's the second of the buffs uh, the second one is also any double um which is notable for something i'll get to in a second which is models have uh, models with this ability have a six up feel no pain if you already have a feel no pain you add one to their rolls so things with uh, a six up go to a five up things with a five up go to a four up um, it's very good. Extremely powerful rule. Most things do not have a 5-up, it's just spawn. Most things do not yep. have a 6-up, it's just exalted. So, as a general rule of thumb, what this ability says is you get a 6-up hit pain. Um, it's worth noting yeah. for both of these that a roll of 8 dice will inherently always have a double in it, so when you will always have access to one of these two. Correct. It's actually quite clever the way they've done that, like rolling 8 dice, you can just virtually get, you can't not have a double. There's only 6, yeah, there's only six numbers on the dice, guys. It's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> Unless um, two of them land on their corner, and then in which case you reroll them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next one is uh, Martial Excellence. It's funny that they used excellence in the world leaders. Just excellence is not, not a word I, 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 I associate with world leaders. Anyway. It's, uh, yes, it is. Any double of a three plus or more. And then melee weapons equipped by models uh, have sustained hits one. So army-wide sustained hits one. Um, yeah. Pretty good also. Just generically good because it's army wide, right? Like it, you can you know set this up so that this is part of like an important combo we'll get to with one of the stratagems later. Um, mm. But th this rule in general is very strong. Uh, it's also worth noting for when it says double three plus, it doesn't mean that you can take a three and a four. You need literally yeah. like two threes, two fours, two fives, etc. You're correct, exactly right. What's the next one? Next one is total carnage. Uh, this is one of the. This is the second least used one. Um, this is every time a model in this unit is destroyed by a melee attack, if you've not yet fought, you can fight on death on a 4-up. Um, this requires any double of a 4-up or any triple. 
As far as I'm concerned, this is mirror match only. Like uh, it, it, mirror match orcs and yeah. demons is where this is demons. good. <laughs> yeah, so not going to happen that much. When you need it, you'll be happy, but not that impactful. Um, yeah, very niche situations. It's good with Angron as well. Like if you know he's going down oh, yeah. in melee that turn against yeah. like CSM, it could be like, hey, you want to play this game? Yeah. <laughs> Someone ram if rams a night rampager into you, and you're like, lol, trades. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Warp Blades is up next. Any double five or any, so double five or more, so double five or double sixes, or any triple. And melee weapons equipped by models in this unit have lethal hits. That is also very spicy. I never use this. Um, because of the World Eater's strength characteristic and their access to a plus one yep. wound stratagem, combined with their ability to get real wounds from regular eight bound, uh, real ones at minimum, if not all full. This yep. lethal hits is almost never relevant. You will like almost always. It is better to take sustained as an output buff. Fair, totally fair. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Like the median strength is six. Yeah, like your that, worst. That's strength. the bottom. Six, the exactly absolute right. floor yeah, yeah. is six. Yeah. Well, jackals, jackals go to five. Yeah. Jackals go to four. I think the big boy goes to five. Uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But like my jackals are always just like they're in the back. Like they don't fight. Yeah. they just hang out over there. All right, last one, Unbridled Bloodlust. Any double six or triple fours or more. So you need three fours or three fives. Um, And the unit is able to charge in a turn in which it advanced. That is the bread and or butter, and that's the one you always want to have access to, right? Yep, this is, uh, like, you know, my my sweet, soft baby. This is my favorite one. Uh, John, (laughs) and also of Art of War and Team USA, uh, jokes that I only play armies that can advance and charge. That's Um, correct. And he is actually right like i went back and looked because i was like that's not true john and i went back and looked and it was like csm <laughs> harlequins tyranids jacari like, damn he's got actually me. got me <laughs> yeah yeah gotcha um uh, but on on the whole is this a good army rule is this a good ability is this a good tree of options this is a fantastic army rule so long as they maintain the ability to have some level of manipulation of it across mm. the detachments. Um, this detachment is very good at ensuring some level of reliability with it, which is great. And as long as that remains a theme in the other detachments when we eventually get a codex, fantastic. It yeah. definitely, if you were just like out there rolling eight dice with no ability to manipulate or re-roll them, can be a little frustrating, both for you mm. and your opponent at times. Uh, we'll get to that later with Angrom. Uh, but as a general rule of thumb, this army rule is extremely good because it works from the rip. Um, when this first got previewed yeah. from going from ninth to 10th, I was a little annoyed because I was so used to the like pure raw reliability of the ninth edition rule, which was just like dead models generate points, points generate buffs, mm-hmm. right? Very straightforward. Um, this has an RNG element to it, but the buffs you end up with are like, again, advance and charge in an army that again, given the detachment, has an auto-advanced six strat, is extremely good. Well, like, if you were to take any of these abilities, actually all these abilities and apply them just by any other army in the game, everyone would be pretty happy with this tree of abilities. Plus two move. Um, Feel no pain, sustained hits, lethal hits, fight on death, advance and charge. There is no bad options here. There are just better than others. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, the worst-case scenario is you don't roll advance and charge in a given turn. Ideally, by that point, you've yeah. already stayed in mid, and you're just yeah. taking plus move. You have to deal with the fact that you're now going to go 11 and charge. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the worst. 23-inch yeah. yeah. threat range. Whoa. You're just yeah. a Blood Angel jump pack unit. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, rip. Um, I think this is one of the be- better, and if not one of the best army rules in the game, because it is. Yeah. it does have RNG elements to it, but the payoffs are all very good. Whereas yeah. there are things like the Atmec one, which are just yeah. don't even apply to the whole damn army and then very mediocre 
uh, applications. Yeah, uh, so I think, I think the big thing with eaters one. is eaters have a lot of good rules, and then just like every time you look at an eaters rule, you have to remember it's applied in the context of an army that literally skips one of the strongest phases in the game. Correct. Correct. Because <laughs> it's easy to look at eaters rules and oh. be like, "Oh, this is like way out of band," and then you're like, "Wait a minute, they literally can't shoot. They shoot four bolt pistol well, shots, and that's the shooting exactly. phase." The the comparison there's always been a good comparison in my head between Tau and and World Eaters. They only operate in one phase, and but the thing is that usually the shooting phase is more impactful than the fight phase. But they need safer to be like, well, right? sorry, I said it's safer as well, right? When you yeah, shoot, yeah, yeah, you don't exactly get shot right. back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in the applications of it, they both need to be near the best at those phases because it's the only one they got. Correct. So, yep. Yeah, even yeah. Guard has more melee than Tau, right? <laughs> like. Yeah, it's true. It actually is With true. the addition of right. tank shock, guard actually, like, if you get too close to guard and they, like, bulger in you, then tank shock you, it's yeah, a little spooky. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> it gets rough. Yeah. Um, all right, on to the world is attachment rule that they've given us, Berserker Warband. Relentless Rage, it is plus one strength, plus one attack on the charge. Uh, yeah, there's no other use and butts there. No, it's just, like, it's just on the charge now. It used to be, like, in the first round of combat, yeah. essentially, like, if you grow it or so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, that is a thing I, that got, like, air quote nerfed across literally every application of it in from ninth to 10th, so whatever. I like that, though. I do like that. Uh, I liked it because it, it, was, it went from 8th, where it was like, yeah, some people had it when they were charged, was charged. Some people, had, a very few occasions, had both. In ninth edition, everyone just had it first round of combat all the time, didn't matter. It was a bit, eh. Now, yeah. at least it's just, you know, when you charge. And it makes, it makes so much sense here, thematically. Yeah, I mean, very rarely is a world leader not either charging or in a first round of combat, but, yeah. you know, sometimes it happens. <laughs> it does. Uh, good ability, though, yeah, overall. Yes, great. Yeah, it just it, it's not exciting, but it works great. All right, give us the first of the stratagems, mate. We, of course, have our six-pack here. Oh, yes, we lead off with the one that I forget that exists every time. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is called Gory Massacre. It happens in the fight phase. It is you target a world leader unit from your army that made a charge. And destroyed an enemy, one or more enemy units in the fight phase. Uh, that's very funny that it puts or more, like you're going to kill seven yeah. units. Um, I guess it could happen. Um, in your opponent's next command phase, every enemy unit within six of that unit must take a battle shock test. If the enemy unit taking that test is below half strength, they have to subtract one. Um, enemy units affected by the stratagem do not take other battle shock tests. So basically, it's not like you don't get doubled up on like you would with like the CK1 and yeah. WTC rules. Um, oh. But it's just. Take a battle shock test. Uh, this has never come up for me. Uh, nope. Could in theory, but like I haven't run into a situation yet. Uh, until I rocked up to do this review and skimmed over these again, totally forgot this one existed. And yeah, as soon as we're done often, with this, I'm probably going to forget. <laughs> pretty often I'll tell people like the world leader stratagems, and then someone will be like, you only said five. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, there's six. And I'm like, no, oh, oh, so there is, yeah. <laughs> Just disagree with them, be like, nah, you're yeah. right. I usually joke with my opponents before the game that if I tell them I'm going to use this, they're not allowed to let me. No. Yeah, just slap the, <laughs> slap the CP out of your hand and stop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit it. my hand, take my CP counter back. No, Anthony. Aim higher. Uh, because yeah. the, the reason we're saying that is because the rest of these are, are bangers. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, for yes. the skull throne is the next one. It is one CP. It is in the fight phase. Uh, good, it's in the fight phase. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that has not been selected to fight this phase. Turn of the phase, each time model unit uh, makes an immediate attack that targets a character, monster, or vehicle, add one to the wound roll. So plus one to wound characters, monsters, and vehicles. One CP plus one to wound is always a good place to be. A huge thing with the stratagem that I actually missed when I was doing the review of this index for WTC is that it is against um, character vehicle monster units. So putting a yes. character into your wraith unit now makes them eligible yes. for this stratagem. Oh. 
Um, yes, it does. I so, completely missed yeah. that the first time I read this and was blown away when I read it again when I went to go back to the book. I was like, wait a minute, that's every important mm-hmm. unit. Um, so it might as well yeah. read uh, Monster Vehicle and any relevant unit in the game. Plus one away. Yeah, because <laughs> units that don't have characters in them usually don't have much investment in them, which means that your like insert world leader unit here is gonna just like blast them anyway. Mate, like five I'm, infiltrators aren't living against your berserkers. And you just encapsulated it. I'm I'm writing Marines list at the moment. I'm writing some janky like you know, firestorms and stormlands. It's just to mess around and like literally it's my infiltrators, uh, inceptors and scouts that will not have yeah, characters in Yeah, exactly. So, well, we should talk about after help? this. Oh, we should definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have ideas. Um what's the next one? The next one is a, another, oh, this is a bread and butter. This stratagem is like all of the skill test of the detachment. Oh, sorry, so, one sec. The previous uh, one was a battle tactic, and so is this, and we'll try to remember to read them out when they are. I'll oh, let yeah, you guys know which battle them. tactics. I forget that that matters, because our Me too, me too. Uh, <laughs> so the next one is for the Blood God. Um, it's in the fight phase. Any fight phase, really? notably, not just yours. Uh, just after a world leader's unit from your army destroys an enemy unit, you target that world leader unit. That doesn't super matter unless that unit that the, the killing is battle shocked. Um, you make a blessing of corn roll. Now you can use this result or this roll to activate a blessing of corn. That does not count towards your maximum number of blessings, but it does apply army wide. Now this unlocks so much stuff. So you can do things like if you go first, you roll your blessings of corn. You take like plus two move and advance and charge, right? Ostensibly, mm-hmm. you've left the feel no pain behind, which means that your opponent's turn is going to sting. Except now you're going to sprint across the table and punch something to death and grab the feel no pain literally automatically because yep. it's any yep. double like we talked about earlier and have that rolling for your opponent's turn. The ability to do stuff like this, where you're mm-hmm. killing something and then grabbing another buff, is huge. As another example, against like another army where you, again, like needed something to close with them or you needed defense to get to them, if they can't interrupt in their turn, in your turn rather, you can kill a unit and then pick up sustained hits for the rest of your activation. So you can start with a smaller activation, kill Mm -hmm. something, pick up sustained hits for the rest of the, you know, fighters. Yep. Yep. Or you're playing against knights and you, you know, pop off, kill their henchmen and then go lethal hits the rest of the army. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, some, something like that. The other thing that you can do that's a pretty big deal with this is you can use this to resurrect Angron. Um, oh, which we'll, yes. We'll get to later. Um, mm. But like an important thing with this, all rules for Blessings of Corn for this apply. So if you did not use Favor of Corn earlier in the battle round, you can full mulligan this. If you did not use... Uh, you can use Icon rerolls on this. Yep. And yep. resurrecting Angron does not count as purchasing a blessing, so you can get a buff and an Angron res out of this. Yes, this is extremely flexible. This is one of the ones where I see um, the difference between people who've played, uh, you know, five games with World Eaters, people who played 50, because they will use this against me and it will suck. Yeah, I burn the stratagem like almost every turn if I can, and it makes such a giant difference between mm-hmm. what the army is capable of and like yeah. isn't capable of on a given turn. Um, also, telling your opponent about it will make them uh, drop all their defensive buffs in, on their unit to try and keep it alive immediately if it results in you not getting feel no pain when they try and clap you back with their... Yeah, you know, or you can be like, hey man, this might res Angron. <laughs> yes, yeah, dude, yeah. Oh my god, I'm a camp. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you're like, all right, you're dead anyway, dude. There's a massive execution. Yeah. You know, it doesn't do anything. Didn't matter. Uh, Corn Cares Not is the next one. This is 2CP. It is not this a battle is the though. worst named stratagem in any book. <laughs> Corn cares not, yeah. 
because clearly um, he cares based on what does. the stratagem does. He cares so much. Uh, he's 11 out of 10 care. Fight phase just after enemy unit has selected its targets. One world leaders unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of the enemy unit's attacks. It turns into the phase. Each time an attack targets your unit, subtract one from the damage roll. 2 CP minus one damage reactively. It is pretty, pretty good and uh, very necessary in a multitude of different uh, interactions. Uh, it sucks a little bit as a fight phase. I wish it was suiting phase and or fight phase for 2 CP, but is what it is. Yeah, this one's funny. Like, a lot of people don't expect world leaders to be tanky, and then they, like, charge yeah. your exalted eight bound without having shot them, and then you're six dudes on, like, T6, three wounds, like, three up, five up, five up, minus one damage, mm-hmm. and then they're like, mm-hmm. I only killed two, and then the four kill them, and they're like, what mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. Yep, I, uh, I charged the carnivore into a couple the other day, um, and I was just like, didn't get one. <laughs> It was pretty yeah, bad rolls yeah. on my part, freaking his part, but still, I was like, yeah, that's unusual. But it was a big deal. Um, yeah, it's good, huge. Great like, strength. Third yeah. damage off, like, is just big. Yeah, huge, huge, and amazing strat. Amazing strat. Uh, next one. Oh, baby. My other pride and joy. This is called Blood Offering. This is in any phase. Uh, it's when a world leader's unit from your army that was just destroyed within range of an objective marker you control. You use the strat, even though it was on a unit that was just destroyed. The objective marker remains under your control, even if you have no models within range of it until your opponent controls at the start or end of any turn. This is the best. To me, this is the best strat. In, because this just means you do not have to leave stuff everywhere all the time. But just this being able to stick in objective. Like, oh. Yeah. This is the detachment defining stratagem. If this is mm. not the one, like, you know, like most of, like in codexes so far, we've seen like Armor of Contempt go across multiple detachments. Yeah. Um, this, I think, strat more than any of the other ones, honestly. Um, like, getting a Blood God rule is obviously amazing. You know, the one right after this is great. But I think this stratagem more than any defines what makes World Leaders viable. Because um, otherwise, you have no way to force a gun line to engage with you, because yes. the book has zero loan ops. Well, so... You've exactly pointed out why it's so amazing because it's the tempo changing stratagem. So the the exchange of the game is cool. You kill something of mine on an objective in the middle of the table because we need to fight over the middle of the table in just about every in just about every yeah, single mission. Warhammer forty k. Warhammer forty k. Yep, yep. Uh, you go into the middle middle objective, kill a unit of my scouts. I'm I need to kill that unit off and then put a unit to take and and then put a unit on it to take you off um, because you're going to stick it if I don't. And that means I'm just giving. I I haven't won the exchange. I'm just kicking the can for another turn and you get to do the same thing it's just it, it forces the resource grind to occur and world leaders just get to eat up all that value yeah you can see um i played a bunch of games on a stream called xenos petting zoo um and fantastic like, lads yeah i i they they like i'm a proud member of art of war i love my art of war boys to death i have been so roundly impressed with the work done by xenos petting zoo as a unit it's truly amazing. One of, like, I cannot mm. speak highly enough of those boys. Um, but I played a bunch of games on their stream because uh, they did a King of the Hill-style stream, and you can see me yep. hit this strat, like, just over and over again for huge money against, like, extremely experienced players. It's not like the stratagem is, like, a funny gotcha, um, which I've seen it described as before. Like, oh, good players will just play around. I was like, no, you you can't just get that close to world leaders for no. free. Like, no, you can't, yeah. Um, especially if the terrain is not, like, complete bowling ball. Like, that was player-placed, which is not the most melee-friendly of the formats. Um, and game over game against Nick Nonvati, Brad Chester, Ben Jurek, like, all these very experienced players, you could see, you know, like, the early, like, trade in Vakatis for, like, scouts, rangers, nerdlings, mm. whatever, 
die, sticking the objective, get a 15 cycle is like yeah. entirely game changing. Crazy. All right, we have one more apocalyptic frenzy. Just always a fun word to say. This is a battle tactic. It is one CP. It is in your movement phase, and it is one world unit from your army that has not been selected to move this phase. At the end of the phase, do not pretty much don't roll an advance roll. You just got a six. One CP. So, your advance roll is a six. Obviously, this is insane in an army that can advance. Mate, Another reason you, this is baller with, is that it plus two moves. Well. Yeah, so you stack it with the plus two move. Like all of that is insane, right? The big one of the bigger things with this is that there's a lot of stuff in the game that actually like will um like subtract two from an advanced roll or have an advanced roll. Those things are all subtracting from rolls. The stratagem explicitly says not to roll and is mm-hmm. thus not affected. So you can just move an additional six inches when you yeah. otherwise would be like kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean obviously it doesn't interact with what Night Spin is saying, no advance at all. But yeah, yeah, that, it, that just makes case. me sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why Night Spin is uh, the most despised thing, apart from the Incarn. Uh, uh, yeah, this is yeah. just so, so, so strong. Um, and it creates, uh, you know, what I would say is the four-pack here that just is stupendously good. Because um, there are four strats here that are just head and shoulders above the rest, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, Corn Cares Not is, like, situationally very powerful. Yeah. Gory Massacre is obviously not a stratagem. But the other no. four, oh, boy amazing and just so key into what world is want to be doing and how they want to win games it's really well crafted yeah they did like i've I've been very hard on games workshop in general for a lot of the aspects of 10th edition like one of my other favorite armies is just like dead in the mud in drakari um Mm. the way they've designed world leaders in general this edition is generally pretty good um there's a lot of things going from 9th to 10th that like world leaders changed at first that seemed like what are we doing but Having had more time on them, I do generally enjoy where all the are at. Because it could have been so done. They could have just been like, well, here's the one that gives you plus one strength, and here's the one yeah. that gives you plus one rend, and here's an AP, and oh. here's the one that, you know, and they could have just done oh. six of those. But instead, these are very interesting and deep I strategies. Mean, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but for ages, like before I started playing anyway, because this is what I had been told, is that like for Chaos in general, like Corn was always like, yeah, they overkill you when they get to melee, but they're literally never getting there. It's just not happening. Correct. It was always you Correct. ended up playing like Slanesh or Nurgle or something because they would be defensive or fast enough to actually make it well, to melee. That's like, yeah, corn hits really hard, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, apart from Corn Demon King, which was just a book for corn, which was yeah. really cool, really fun, but actually wasn't even that strong. It was like a middle, upper middle. Um, mm-hmm. Slanesh has always been the better melee of the right. of the yeah, cast. It's saying. always been unanimously. Slanesh has always been the better melee. Yeah, yeah, because cool. Jank <laughs> fights first. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we've uh, finally come over that hurdle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Empress Children, so you could get a, could get a book. Dude, we'll I, see. I, look, I, no one is... Com- personally, I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> you would. You would, you sicko. Uh, anyway, let's go for the enhancements. Um, if you... Uh, I, I forgot to get up the points, but if you know them off the top of your head, that'd be fantastic. Otherwise, we'll look uh, them up as we go. For, I know them off the top of my head for the first two. The back two, I do not use the, and do not remember. The ones... The ones people take. Interesting. Yeah. The first a lot of, of which people is... take the, the fourth one, uh, just not me. <laughs> Fair. Uh, first is favorite of corn. It is world. It is model only. Of... Oh, I just love they need a state in the world. It is indexed as world is only. <laughs> but each time you make a blessings of corn roll before doing anything else, the bearer can use this enhancement. If it does, discard all the dice, roll them again. This new roll does not count as a re-roll, so any rules that enable you to re-roll and manipulate dice can be used. This is extremely good and should be an auto-take. Yes, which you is. should basically always have this. Um, literally, like one of the struggles of world leaders is that I don't have 
um, what I feel to be like a great generic character to actually put this on. So I end up taking one that's like a juggernaut and who's just fine. Um, but you have to do it. Like the strategy, this enhancement has to be in your list. So the only thing that's not in the index version of this rule is that it is once per battle round. Ah, uh, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, this is this will run you thirty points, and it is thirty points of absolute value town. Yeah, it's like the be- it's yeah, it's the be- it's the better of the two crazy enhancements, in my opinion. Yeah, because it affects the well, army, right? Give us the second one. The second one, which is a, is my understanding, actually has been a crazy relic since forever uh is the berserker glaive which is world leaders model only of course uh it's plus one attack and damage for the bearer except when he charges it's plus d3 instead um the way that d3 roll works is you roll it in the charge phase and it applies to the melee weapons going forward um mm-hmm. so it's not like it makes his damage two plus d3 right it becomes yeah. just like he's damage x now um notably this funny little trick here gets around half damage very funnily um so essentially what happens is like let's say it's on a master of executions you know just as a random example oh, yeah. um, <laughs> he's fighting i don't know something that no one uses like the incarn um and you know you charge in you roll like a nice three you get that d3 you get the max roll like a hero um instead of your damage going to five and then having down you know basically to three what happens is your damage Two gets halved first because of the rules of 40k. So you go down to yep. one. And then we add three, so you end up as damage four, four. which makes the incarn very sad. Mm-hmm. It's very good. <laughs> and you will pretty much ubiquitously see this placed on a Master of Executions. Although I was gonna ask you, are there any other unit, you know, any other characters that this would get good mileage on if the like say the mop got um nerfed for some reason? It's actually really hot on a demon prince because it's hilarious on his sweep. It's exactly it, what I was gonna. That's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. It's hilarious that it like just because like sweeps aren't they're just like different weapons now basically. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you know the game doesn't like account for that right. So like you you can charge with a demon prince and be like here's like like fifteen or something like damage four attacks. Um, if the target doesn't have a very good save, you just kind of like steamroll it, which is funny. It's not like insane, but it is funny. Mm. Yeah, because there, there is a. Eh, I don't know if the mob's going to get hit, but of all the things that I find egregious in the World Eaters <laughs> book, it's that, that little mop bastard, like just annihilating everything in the game. It's, it's yeah. really good. Really, it's really good. Good. He's the worst. Uh, uh, I love him dearly, but he. Uh, you know, I joke all the time that he's like my like very pampered boy that gets his targets selected mm, for him. And yes, I just throw Karn yeah. like into the gutter. Karn has to yeah. do like awful jobs no one wants because he has fight on death. So I'm like, good luck to all those five dudes. Take someone with you on the way out, man. Godspeed. Yeah, fist bump on your way. Where the mop's yeah. like, hello little mop, we're gonna go after the Wraith the, the Wraith unit. Yeah, yeah. You get to kill, you know, he's my like perfect catered prize fighter, right? He's just like, you know, whereas the other guy's like in the trap fighting for his family and like unsanctioned yeah. cage fights. All right, next one is uh, Battle Lust. Sorry, the uh, Berserker Glaive will run you 25 points. Um, the Battle Lust is the one I've never seen. Um, world is model only. You can select the bear as a unit for the heroic intervention stratagem for zero CP and can do so if you've already used it with another unit. Um, I don't know how many times people get charged when you play as world eaters. And if you Not do, a lot. I think you've got better things to do. <laughs> yeah, there's a man, heroic needs a change. I, I don't know that it needs to go back to ninth because like maybe that was too much protection mm. of objectives for melee units, but like yeah. it's something annoying. else. 
Like, it, yeah. it being a TCP do-nothing most of the time is definitely not the most exciting. They could they could just make it one CP, and it would at least be niche, niche more appealing. Um, this should this should be just a Space Marine Captain's ability, where you get to, you know, even if it's just, like, once per game, you get to select them with a stratagem for zero CP, rather than it just being zero CP for heroic only. Yeah, yeah just, like, literally just anything. Like, just open it's, it up. Uh, it's, it's only 15 points, but it could honestly be five points. I don't know if you'd take it. I, I don't like again. We run into the problem of like world leader enhancements need to be like bananas because they don't have like generic characters that are great as compared Correct. to taking just like another unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have you don't have the reason or need to like slap a you know a lieutenant and a captain in every unit or you know have yeah. It's not it's not like fifteen technomancers right? like, and nonsense. Yeah, and yeah, that's like as an example, right? It's not like Templars where like you take like a captain, you put him in a sword brethren squad. Suddenly that yeah. guy owns. He's like, a god. Yeah, yeah. Or like, a Chaos Lord slapped in every unit of Chosen. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, he actually just, like, is good on his own. The Chosen just give that boy advance a charge. Like, the, the Chosen That's aren't true. actually very important in that equation. But, no. like, you know, the for world leaders, we don't have, like, a lord equivalent. Um, on foot, anyway. Um, that, like, really does anything. So, mm. we don't, like, we, like, the amount of enhancements or characters you end up with in a given list is, like, purely, like, what does it do for the rest of the army? Yeah. Or very specifically, the the Master of Executions, who is one of the most insane damage characters in the game, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, for his points, he's probably the highest ceiling damage character in the game, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pound yeah. for pound, point for he's point. the king. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Last one, mate. The last one is the Helm of Brazen Ire, which is a world leader's model only. Each time an attack is allocated to the bearer, have the damage characteristic. This Not is the other exciting, one I could. But yeah, good. it's the other. It's the other one I could consider on a demon prince, right? Yeah, it's fun on a demon prince. I like go back and forth with this when it comes to taking a demon prince because, like, really, what I'm looking to do, like, in an ideal world, would be remove my like juggernaut on like uh, lord on jugger and replace him with a foot prince, uh, yeah. like a walk prince, and give him favor of corn. Because I would prefer just like a better caddy that actually did something rather than the Juggernaut Lord who usually mm. does nothing. Um, but also like most things that kill a demon prince kill him via like he gets like tank shocked and grenaded and like nonsensed with lethals and then dies, right? And have damage doesn't it's in my experience anyway, with like a lot of other things like this, doesn't really necessarily do a ton. Um mm-hmm. You can make a brawler out of him, but like it, it becomes a very expensive brawler if that's all he's doing, mm-hmm. right? Like if he's just like there for the Invuln aura and like, you know, he kind of fights in midfield late game, like it can be tough, but it's like tough in the context of 10th is like a weird space to be in. Yeah, I get you. Uh, 20, it will run you 25 points. Obviously, favorite to yeah. and Berserker Glaive right now are auto takes. Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you got the points left, maybe look into the other, one of the other two. Well, don't look into battle lust. Actually, you just just you just deserve better. Aim higher in life just, than battle just lust. Don't do that. If you end don't up writing a list where you feel like you need to take battle lust, send me the list and I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but as far as the enhancement go, like anyone who has two auto takes is in a great place in tenth edition. Uh, and yeah. that brings us to the end of the rules portion of this review. Now we're going to talk about some data sheets. And, of course, uh, Angry Ron is the first of which we must address because he is the only Primarch in the game that I think is close to an auto-include. You could make a case for Mortarian being up there as well, but definitely G-Man. Ah, sorry, Magnus. I, was gonna say, I think you have better odds at like Magnus than Mortarian, but I think Angry Ron is better than, than uh, Magnus. Like the Emperor, I kind of forgot him about him. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, okay. They did that to Angron bang, too. Bang. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's that's why they're there, right? That's yeah. why they're demon yeah. princes. Uh, anyway, tell us about Angry Ron. Why do people want to take him? What's good about him? Uh, so, like off the jump, like the biggest two changes are um, a lot of things can move out of sequence a lot more in tenth, which makes screening a lot easier against your army. And Angron's the only idiot with fly. <laughs> yep. So that yep. is really important very often. Number two is that his resurrection, which is a huge marquee part of why you take Angron, no longer costs you resources that are used to buff right. your entire army. Um, so let me read whereas, that ability for people. Sorry. Yep, go for um, it. So Reborn in Blood, each time you make a Blessings of Corn roll, if this model is destroyed, you can use a triple six and a triple six only from that roll to activate this ability. If you do, this model is no longer destroyed and is placed into its reserves with its full runes remaining. Now, a lot of people look at Angron's uh, data sheet and his stat line for, for how many points he costs, which is 415, is not that impressive. He costs a knight amount of points, but he doesn't bring a knight's amount of durability. He has, you know, more movement than, say, you know, a, a, a knight gallant, which is probably yeah, the best he's, comparison. He's, he's quick, right? And he hits quite yeah. hard. And, like, his auras are fine. Like, yeah. He hits ferociously hard, but he's one less toughness than a knight, and he has, what, six less wounds? But he's got yeah. one better save. And he uh, has, like, one better save. He's, he's like a freight so Yeah, he hits real hard. Like, he'll kill, like, Frankly, Everything. like two redemptors in a go. Like if you sure. let him. Um, notably, the world leader is like plus one to win stratagem is affects the world eater, not the target. Um, so like if you get a scenario where you can hit two things at once with Angron, boy, does that give mm -hmm. you value? Um, yep. So a couple of things that Angron does give that or the rest of the army doesn't really have access to otherwise is he's AP four, which is dope uh, in an armor mm -hmm. of contempt world, um, and his damage characteristic is quite high. Uh, it's D six plus two on his strike. Um, so those things are very good, but it's more the, like, you're mostly here because reroll hits is pretty good, which is one of the auras that he can pick. In fact, it is almost always the aura he will take instead of, yep. if you're not taking that, you're taking plus one to charge. I literally don't even know what the other one does. It's like extra attacks or something. Um, starting strength, you get, you, you add one to attacks characteristic of, of weapons. Um, that's yeah, just true. not going to come up that much, especially when the uh, the, the next one is reroll. Um, sorry, uh, when the world is in six... Reroll all hits. The, 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 yeah. other, the middle one doesn't even apply. <laughs> yeah, just don't use that. Um, so, as a general rule of thumb, you're here for, like, the res. He's very fast. So, with the plus two move and the six-inch auto advance, he goes 22 and yeah. then charges. Dude, um, yeah. But, you know, still he's still, like, a... He's, he suffers from, like, big expensive model things, right? Which, at, mm. like, the top end of the game can be, like, difficult to, like, manufacture getting the right amount of points out of. The big thing with him is that you can get recursion value out of him, um, mm -hmm. or you can force people away from objectives by dint of his like threat range. Um, and and application-wise, yeah. a, a lot of the time, like Angron will usually go down turn two or turn three. You'll you, if you get him back immediately, and this, this is one of the big things. Yeah, you don't have to get him back the turn the turn after he dies, right? If he dies <laughs> on turn two, on turn five, you can still roll the three sixes and put him back yeah. in reserve. You know? And again, you have, Crazy. you know, for the Blood God roll, you're making all these extra rolls between that and Favorite of Corn and this, that, and the next. Like, it, it's pretty likely that if he goes down on two, you'll have him back by four or five. Yeah. Um, assuming you're, like, pumping the rolls, right? This is very expensive from a CP perspective. Um, yeah. But 
you know, you get a you get another anger on for it, right? Well, um, and what's wild here is that instant early testing that um, me and some mates were doing um, when World Leaders first came out, we were, we were talking about using like World Leaders like a you know the sixth, seventh, or eighth pick in a in a team's environment. Um, there were yeah. there were matchups where if Angron came back twice, the opponent just pretty much couldn't win. Like turn four, yeah. Ang- a full a full you know a full strength Angron freaking rapid ingressing on the bottom of turn four. You're like. Uh, I, I guess I just don't get any points on the bottom of, uh, in, in my turn five. Like, yeah, yeah. You just kill that whole flank. Okay. And, yeah. And I don't have the resources to address him for a third time. Like, yeah. uh, there is just that kind of level of you will just get bullied out of the game by this model if it does continue to re- recur. Yeah, he's a huge part of why I like world leaders so much for teams because they have a pretty mm. stable, like, score floor. It's hard to blow out world leaders, but there are definitely scenarios in which, like, a world leader will hit, like, a pair of, like, 70% plays that turn a 13 into a 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Correct. it's like, oh, all right. And he's he's just a massive X factor of uncertainty. Like, if I'm yeah. putting down, if, if I'm playing a yellow matchup versus world leaders, like, uh, Angron comes back twice, that's just a freaking red now, like, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I, like, as someone that plays the game very aggressively, I like to include as much uncertainty for my opponents as physically possible. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm very uncomfortable with uncertainty in the game, Adam. Like, I'll roll those 8-inch charges. I'm about it. <laughs> like, but the I like to make, you know, my opponent have to deal with some level of, like, creeping, like, you know, pressure. And, and it, pressure is applied yeah. in multiple ways on the table, right? It's, you know... The world leaders are racking up these points. They're also very fast. They're like literally right next to me. Like there's a lot of mm. ways that pressure exists and can be exerted in a game. And I think the like looming threat of like, all right, Angron's in my face, killing my dudes. You know, like I have all this stuff in front of me now. I killed him. Is he just going to come right back? Is it worth shooting yeah. him? And I've had people yeah, incorrectly elect to just let him do his thing. And all, out of the fear that I hit, you know, what is frankly like a one in, it's like a one in nine or one in 10 or something like that on the res. Yeah. But it's like that 10% chance of res scares them so much that they just don't bother. And then he like, if I'm playing tactical, he like goes and takes their home objective and scores like nine secondaries. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, man. <laughs> so I played I played a game against World Eaters at a team's event with my, my Chaos Knights and he came back on, so he rapid ingressed on the bottom of four. Um, and then on turn five, he ripped two cards and took a primary, and it was a fifteen point swing. Uh, it was just like, yeah, because he ripped he ripped Airy denial. He went in, took the center objective off uh, one of my brigands, and I, he pulled another card. Uh, and it was um, Storm Hostile, and I was just like, oh my god, yep, <laughs> <laughs> rip, absolute rip. Um, yeah, anyway, lose primary for it, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, okay, and that was the only model he had left on the table. That was it? He had, yep. he had Ron, and he was tabled, and then Ron came back and got him fifteen points. I'm like, sweet, merciful lord, that's just yeah. and like in a well, fair play though. That's crazy. Yeah, fair play to my opponent. He played it perfectly. Um, yep. All right, uh, give us two other data sheets that you think people need to know about World Eaters Restaurant Pack. Um, I, I'm going to give you like the one that like obviously everyone talks about because I think it's important that people know what he does, um, and that is the Master of Executions. The mob. Yep. Um, so he has a couple of really important rules, the first of which is while he's leading a unit, very specifically while he's leading a unit, note that if you kill the unit around him, this no longer applies. They have fights first, mm-hmm. <coughs> um, which obviously makes them difficult to charge. And then the other one is that while this model, so him specifically, targets a character unit, remember from earlier, that's most things Any. that matter, Relevant he gets full, unit. 
Yeah, fully rolls to hit and wound. Um, his base weapon is five attacks, plus one obviously from world leading if he charges, at um, seven two two with on the data sheet dev wounds and precision. Obviously, those are all great keywords combined with fully roll to hit and wound. You slap mm-hmm. the berserker glaive on this man, peanut butter and jelly. You know he does so great. Good. Um, so good. 105 points uh, for that package, and he'll kill just about everything in the game. Yeah, he kills most things that have the like associated keyword. Weirdly, not great at killing an armager. Um, Funnily enough, yes, you are correct. Needs some stratagem help to take down an armager, but that's what his you know his buddies with him are for. That's yeah, him. I love him and loathe him in equal measure. He's a he's a significant like a non-zero part of why world leaders are good for sure. Um, mm. Um, I would like to give honorable mention to the Lord Invocatus, who yep. we're going to go. We're not, not going to give a full deep dive to, but he still does give Scout two units, and uh, that is an extremely good place to be, especially if you're going first with world leaders. Yep. And I mean, even going second, right? You can set up so that your Scout offensively, you know, takes you yep. into enemies, or your Scout defensively takes you into cover, right? Um, so, yeah. Yep. Not the most exciting always, but like uh, honestly, like unit, like army defining is that Invocatus yeah. ability. Um, the other unit that is just like so common as to be like a thing people need to be aware of is Exalted Eightbound. Yep. Um, so they're like the, you know, again, like essentially since world leaders have been released, they were either Codex and now Index Eightbound um, because they don't really have other unique units. Um, and their non-unique versions of Chaos units are just not very good. Like the Terminators, like you can make a bound as many points as you'd like and make the Terminators basically as cheap as you'd like, and the Terminators will not pass a bound for what the army's going to do. <laughs> um, yeah. So the standard eight bound have a rule that is reroll ones to wound if you're near them, or reroll full wounds if the target is below half strength, which is pretty good. Um, they're yep. one of the few sources of flat three in the army from their unit champion. The bread and butter unit of the army, though, is the Exalted Eight Bound. Um, so, for you know, just to go over them fully, they're base move nine, they're toughness six, they have a three up save, they have three wounds each. Um, they only have one OC, which like can come up. Um, but base, they have deep strike and a six up feel no pain, which can be improved by the faction buff to get to a five up. In addition, they have a rule that changed from ninth to tenth, which is each time an enemy unit within six of this unit is selected to fall back. Uh, they have to take a leadership test. If they fail, they have to remain stationary instead, um, meaning they can't fall out of combat. It's huge. This used to not work on vehicles or monsters, and now it does. Um, so you can lock up a lot of stuff and force them to stay in melee with you. Obviously, being stuck in melee with a big, chunky unit like this is dangerous and often leads to death. Um they have one of the few profiles that have been actually scaled up to deal with the strength and toughness changes of 10th, it feels like. Well, it feels like most melee weapons got left in the dust by that. But yeah. the chain fist that these boys have swing at a girthy strength 14 AP3. Um, they are only two damage, even on the sergeant, even though they used to be damage three. But their sergeant is now twin linked. So. I adore that they needed that they felt like they needed to start twin linked on that rather than the eviscerator or the chain glaive, which really could yeah. have used it with their you know strength yep. six and strength eight. They slapped it on the strength fourteen one where it doesn't need yeah. it at all. I, I really it's would amazing. have preferred that just like stayed at damage three, but like whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they are they are absolutely the bread and butter. This is the bully unit. If anybody remembers what uh, what mutilators 
You know, everyone remembers the, the hallowed mutilator. It was the, the melee version of the obliterator. This yeah. is what they, I guess, they turned into. In, uh, what this is what they wanted to be. Yeah, this is what they wish they were. Um, yeah, yeah abso- absolutely really important unit. I actually really like regular wakeband as well. Scout six on them, fantastic. They're great. Um, I, I run a unit of them. The ability to independently scout is awesome. They combo yeah. with Angron really well because they hit on threes, they not to um, use like, the standard eight bounty with their eviscerator anyway. Um, so their ability to get full hit rerolls from Angron and then give Angron real ones to wound is actually pretty pretty hot um, when working together. Yeah. All right, mate. We are going to wrap up on our last couple of things, which we, we always do when we do an index or a codex review, uh, is our ranking system. So um, out, of, out of 10, as a world digits player, how happy are you with this index? I get to use most of the units that I would like to use. The codex largely plays in the way that I want to play. I'd say I'm about a nine. Uh, the only thing that I would prefer is that, like, I don't like, I don't love how mandatory Angron feels, and unfortunately, it's not really a thing they can fix with points, just because the unit, the army, doesn't have other things with fly, really. Yeah. So, like, unless you end up in a world where, like, two de- two winged demon princes are somehow like buffed in their damage output and cost the same as one Angron, then maybe you could make an argument for it. Yeah. But that's not going to happen, frankly. So until we get there, it seems like we're, we're we're shackled to our Primark a little bit, which is cool, though, because like he wasn't very good in ninth. I have like a really nicely painted one coming to me, so I'm excited to use the big boy, right? But uh, Fantastic. if my only gripe is that I have to use my demon Primark, like, I think the book's pretty good, so I think nine is fair. Yeah. Um, some gripes that I have is that the internal balance of the army is a bit out of whack. I mean, it's, but it's out of whack in a good way. And so this isn't much of a gripe. There are a lot of data. There's actually, surprisingly, people would say, oh, there's no data sheets in World Eaters. Actually, there's actually plenty of data sheets in World Eaters. You're just never going to take them because they're predator destructors and they're forge fiends and they're hell drakes. And, and, uh, yeah, hell roots uh, and mauler fiends uh, and such. Exactly. Oh, the mauler fiend is like Dude, almost good, it but is, it's just it's, not. It's, it's just on the cusp, man. I want it. I, I don't know why it's amazing. strength fourteen fists on like this giant demon engine are only AP two, but like yeah. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, but my only issue is you're taking something that can't go through walls, or you can just take something for the same points that can go through walls and is just as killy. Like yeah, I'm like yeah. again, I'm I'm very happy with the book being Codex Eight Bound because Eight Bound are my favorite same. models. But like yeah. they they definitely like some of these units could have had better rules. Also, why the Forge Fiend is the same cost as the CSM one, I will never understand. When it yeah, it gets no buffs, zero percent buffs. Not packs, no. no dev wounds. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's no, there's no yeah. reason. There's no incentive. There's no reason to take them. And so yeah. internal balance wise, it's it it's it's wrong in the right way, as in it's wrong um, that the internal balance is off. But the things that are, are good are the things that you will feel good about as a world digits player. It's the eight bound, it's the Zerkers, it's the it's the Angron, it's the Khan, it's the the stuff you yeah. want to play anyway, you know. Yep. But they could have done better in giving you some reason to take some of the other stuff, at least a little bit. Um, but I still would give this a, a, a good eight out of ten. Yeah, oh, I did it. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Ooh. <laughs> We're out. Um, all right, and um, I so we did the we did the faction tier list um, a couple of weeks ago with Peter the Falcon. But where do you put World Eaters right now in the uh, in the tier lists? Um, sorry, the tier ranking. So I think that like in an average player's hands, I think World Eaters probably fall somewhere in B. Um, yep. I don't know, like, if it's, like, the high or the low side. The problem is, like, Eaters are, like I was kind of saying earlier, just, like, a fundamentally different army 
in the hands of like an extremely experienced pilot versus the hands mm-hmm. of like someone that plays the game frequently. So I think the experience for most people in 40k world leaders are like a probably like a B tier codex. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I still think in a lot, yeah, like I, I still think in a lot of hands they're playing in the wrong. They're playing firstly. They are more than just about every other faction in the game. They are a table table dependent army. Playing world eaters when the terrain ain't good uh, is very difficult. (laughs) Yeah, very. It's it's, once again, it's a different army. If you're playing on good standard terrain and you can have confidence in it, you can practice on it, and you know what you're going to rock up to. Even if it is not great, you can find ways and means to negotiate it. Like you can stack more regular eight bound in rather than exalted eight bound. Get a bunch more scout moves. Do other things to at least you know on the fifty fifty go first. Like well, there's no terrain, but at least I'm going to get you um, stuff like that. Um, whereas you know, but you know, we a bunch of other armies just don't have that problem. Um, yeah. So for and that's exactly why I agree with you. I think for the most cases they are a B. I think in the absolute best freaking hands they are one of the best factions in the game right now. Especially yeah, I would definitely. On, like, if you have, like, minimal ego here, but, like, me playing world leaders makes them, like, top five, I think. Like, I would always oh, put them on the team, like, yeah, in that scenario. Like, right now, yeah. like, if, if world leaders make it like this to WTC, I will be playing world leaders for WTC. Very little doubt in my mind. They will be in every eight-pack. And pack. I would assume, they should be, yeah. They yeah, should be in every, every team would have one. Yeah. Right? What? Um, it's just, yeah, ter- what a terrifying second or third put up. Like, just... Cool. All right, we're, we're taking the heavy, and God rest your soul, sir. You better go. You better go first. <laughs> yeah, and like even yeah. if you, even if you're a favorite matchup into them, there's so much room for eaters to just be like, yeah, I went first and fall back locked one of your screens. Yeah. What's up, dude? <laughs> yeah, went, went first, scouted into uh, into every midboard, you know, nook and cranny. Can you leave your deployment zone? Can you even yeah. leave your deployment zone without getting absolutely annihilated? And those are things that you know, really good players with this army can actually bring to the table. But Matt, we are going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for giving us your world is expertise and uh, shining a light on probably I, I would I would argue the rising current rising star of the meta game um, since the balanced data slate. We have had some you know great results out of things, other things that got good lifts out of it. Like you know, of course, Death Guard have been having a great little run there, but they aren't putting up the world leaders stuff. They're not winning super majors. They're not doing what world leaders are doing um and so yeah man um, thank you very much for doing the work that you've done with them thank you very much for bringing that to our show and hopefully you guys have enjoyed that at home anthony anything you'd like to mention anything you'd like to shout out before we check out uh no just another shout out for you know stat check just us check us out and then our sponsor at stat check is uh red dragon it's red dash dragon.ca i think or something like that insert canadian website here um that's that's our sponsor for the show um dan does a lot of great work he sends us funny gifts he makes us open an elder army on stream even though he hates them i saw that that was that was beautiful that was mean gold it was one of the funniest bits of content we've ever made uh yeah, that was uh, that was that was quite funny. But yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come and preach the good word of uh, good word of corn on here. May there be many more good words. I don't know, good days, I don't, something like that. Anyway, we're out of here. Here's open. Take care. <laughs> See you on part two. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.